with your host, Bill Lundgren, an AINC original podcast. We're not holding back truth. We're here to help you heal and become the best you possible. Here's the chair. Here's the pillow. Here's Bill. Hi there. This is Bill Lundgren, host of Blindsight, the program having to do with mental health and particularly Uh, having mental health as a blind person. I'm happy to welcome you, and I'm also happy to introduce my guest, who's actually going to be our producer, Jonathan Price. And Jonathan is with the Audio Information Network of Colorado, our sponsor and producer, Before we begin our program, which today is going to be on anger management, uh, we have a couple announcements for everybody. So, Jonathan, welcome, and let us know what's going on in AIN. Yeah, Bill, thanks for having me on. It's it's fun to get to chat with you every once in a while and and talk and uh, philosophize and, you know, all those fun things. Uh, We do have some pretty cool stuff going on at AINC. The first up... Uh, we've got a, um, Diane Shore is going to be doing a concert in the dark event, and that's going to be hosted in collaboration with PBS. And it's going to be downtown at their um, at their entertainment venue downtown, and that'll be on May fourth. Uh, so you can get your tickets online. Uh, I'm not sure if we have the tickets up and running yet. Uh, uh, it should be up by next week for sure, but um, that'll be a fantastic concert. So come out. Uh, Diane Shore uh, will be there. Heart and Soul will also be there. They are, uh, I think, a blind trio uh, that does some really good music. So come check that out. And then we have, one, let's one see. Mo- one, let me stop you for a second. When you say downtown, you mean downtown Boulder or downtown Denver? Oh, sorry. I'm sorry. Yes, uh, downtown Denver, uh, okay, the PBS right. station. Uh, I don't remember the address off the top of my head, but um, more information you can find. Uh, you can find more information on our website, aincolorado.org. Uh, and then we have um, the White Cane Project, which is a project uh, that we have started that gives white canes to those who uh, may need them and don't really have access to them. And so we want to thank the Lions Club for helping us out with that and, and providing some of the funding for those white canes. I think we've sent out uh, quite a few already. So um, thank you so much for for that. Uh, support. And then the last change, if you are a listener to multiple shows that AINC produces, we have Blindsight, which you're listening to now. We have Aftersight. We have Blind Level Tech. And we have a new show. It was Topic of the Month, but it's getting a rebrand called Navigating Life with Vision Loss. So if you're looking for Topic of the Month and you can't find it, just look under Navigating Life with Vision Loss. It'll still take you to the same link and same page, but just know that the name has been changed and uh, we just wanted to make it more accessible and more friendly for people to find. So that's it. All right, Bill. Well, uh, one more thing. We haven't pr- talked about the, your technical program that you started the uh, podcast. Oh, yeah. Blind Level Tech. So that, yeah, we just started that one a couple of weeks ago. I think we've got five episodes up and Myself and Evan Starnes, who's one of our technical uh, gurus over at AINC, him and I talk about all things tech from Apple Watches and phones and Mac computers versus PC computers and uh, digital eyewear and, you know, all this kind of accessible technology. So it's been a lot of fun uh, doing that, and we're going to continue to do that for as long as we can. And so if you have any questions and you want some information about uh, excuse me, accessible technology, definitely check that show out. Blind Level Tech, or BLT as we like to call it. And uh, you can find that on Spotify or Apple or on our website, aincolorado.org. Great. We have a lot of stuff going on, and uh, we're hoping that uh, people will you know, listen to this podcast, switch over to some of the others, and uh, keep you busy, Jonathan. 
I don't want you I'm not a, to have any work. <laughs> I I don't no, I, I have um I'm busier than yeah, a farmer during the fall. Or so. one arm paper hanger. Oh, I like that one. That's even better. Yeah. <laughs> I okay. wasn't I'm only on my second cup of coffee. I don't have very many witty comebacks right now, so I apologize. <laughs> I'm one I'm one cup ahead of you. All right. Oh, now geez. what we want to talk about today is anger management. And uh, this is important, not only, not just as a mental health issue, but as a relationship issue as well. And so uh, Jonathan was kind enough to say, okay, Bill, you talk about it. So Jonathan, (laughs) do you have any question you want me to start with? Because I can, this may be, uh, this subject is actually far broader than, you know, the uh, half hour or even an hour segment, but let's go for yeah. it. Yeah, I think when we talk about anger, it, first and foremost, and, and I know you'll join me in, in telling people this, um, anger in and of itself is not a bad emotion. It's a emotion in and of itself that can be treated with either hostility or grace. And when I think about anger, I think about it as just being a thing, similar to a chair in the dining room, that it is just something that is there. And it's what you do with that anger that can cause either a lot of harm or it can be developed and harnessed and to be used for something good. So I want to put that stereotype typical thought that a lot of people have about anger out of people's minds. Anger is just an emotion that we tend to have. And it's one of the core emotions that we have. What do you think about that? Uh, I couldn't agree with you more, but I would add some uh, additional material for that. I think one of the things we have to understand is that animals and humans survive. Mm-hmm. because they're able to access uh, what they call fight-or-flight responses. Now, yeah. that's just two options. And with humans, it certainly came to anger, came to fit into the fight. Mm-hmm. And it also, because of that, it becomes a little cumbersome because uh, that can't be the only alternative, fight-or-flight. Uh, we right. have to do nuances and anger. Also, when I work with clients, well, Jonathan, you know, people who are all intellect, right. they wouldn't have uh, a, uh, an emotion if they fell over it. <laughs> right. Yes. And then there are people who are all emotion yep. and have very little logic associated with it. They're all over the place. Exactly. Yes. And it's the extreme that causes the problem. And what Mm -hmm. I like to teach uh, clients who are the intellectual type uh, to take a moment and reflect on four things. One, uh, mad, glad, Mm -hmm. sad, scared. There's Mm -hmm. four emotions. Uh, that kind of simplifies things because you have to choose one of those four, which makes a lot of people crazy when they have just limited to those four words. But that helps people see anger uh, in as much and as valuable as the other three. And right. it's a valuable emotion because you need to be able to uh, to access anger when it's appropriate. And to use it in a way that's not a uh, a hammer, but is a kind of a scalpel to uh, let people know how you feel and to help them to begin a, a dialogue that leads to understanding of what the anger is all about. And that's right. why we refer to it as anger management rather than anger mm-hmm. elimination. Right. And to go along with that, it's so important that we realize that anger is a primary emotion, just like we have primary colors like, you know, red, blue, and yellow. Mm -hmm. When we have those four primary emotions, we have to understand 
that there are subsets and, and, and anger is on a spectrum. You could be, you may say that you're angry, but you may be disillusioned when you dive down a little bit further. And we can talk more about right. how to dive down and figure that right. all that stuff out right. later. But, but when we talk about the, uh, I'm going to say the nature of anger, you know, we talk about going from not angry to all I was seeing was red. And you have those people yeah. that are just seeing red and it's all fuzzy and blurry and they can't see anything, but the rage that they're feeling and they don't know how right. to the express that. It's an all right. or nothing. So, and, that's the problem. Yeah, right. And when you talk about the nature of anger, what does that mean? What is the nature of anger? Is it memories? Is it traumatic events? Is it being triggered? Is it personal problems? Where can we talk about and where does the nature of anger fit at the beginning of this? The nature of anger is all of the above. You know, anger has so many facets to it. Uh, right. I, I wonder... You know, I'll, I'll tell you about a reminder that I had a long time ago. A friend of mine was, came over for dinner and I was cleaning up. We, we were in the kitchen and we were talking, I think, about family. And he made a comment and I snapped at him. And he, he said, I'm not, he got in my face and said, I'm not your mother. And wow. he was absolutely right because he came off. There were just this set of words. It triggered something in my brain, a memory, and I reacted to it just like, you know, I was talking to my mother uh, in a, a particularly tense situation, and this is what happened to us. Right. Uh, we'll be in a situation, and we get angry. All of a sudden, we say, well, where did that come from? And yeah. it may be from family history. I'm you know, my background in training is a lot of family uh, family dynamics. And I find in if you grew up in an angry household, that's the only mode that you knew. Sure. And if you were in a household that didn't express any, uh, any emotion or didn't uh, talk about being angry about something, then you're, you're kind of handicapped from being able to let people know that you, you know, when you're angry. You bring up the expression of anger. What is the most common expression of anger? Is, is, there, an, is there a common expression? Uh, well, I'm not sure what... Uh, let, me, let me explain anger from the standpoint that uh, if there's a trigger mm -hmm. and you feel... Physiologically, you may feel something, you know, you tense up, your heart starts racing, you uh, right. you physiologically feel it, or there's something, you, sometimes your brain just shuts off and you're off and running. Yep. And that's what you need to pay attention to, because that's the, the cue. When you have that trigger, or when your body starts to react, or you, your fist clench, that's when you have to step yeah. back from the situation and take some time, take a deep, deep breath before you respond. Otherwise, you know, you're just going strictly from emotion. And you notice I talk about think, which means logic and emotions have to work together. That's where we run into trouble. We have one or the other, but the two right. work together to help you modulate your anger allow you to uh, to think about what you're doing and then say, wait a minute, what am I ang angry about? You know, what is it like in my in the case of my friend, is it a memory worth triggered or is this something that, uh, let's say, a social justice issue where I have every right to express anger? And, right. and in fact, it's important for me to let let the the politicians and people know that there's a group of people who are very angry at a situation, and sometimes they only uh, respond when they hear yelling. And so, okay, that's a tool. That's a tool. That's when it's appropriate. But when you're talking to your partner and you start yelling, your partner is going to shut down. Yep. And so that's overkill. And that's yeah. when we have to learn to 
look at anger as a continuum. You start yeah. very calmly if you don't get any response, especially with kids. Sometimes you have to, you don't want to yell at a kid, but some children right. yes. don't hear. Mm-hmm. And you say, wait a minute, you talk calmly, you're ignored. And then you have to say, Jonathan, you know, yeah. you're you're crossing the line. <laughs> and right, say, yes. Whoops. <laughs> yep. Yep, that's exactly right. You know, it's it's interesting. People use such a variety, you know, both consciously and unconsciously, different processes to deal with anger. I want to take a little bit of a, a, a step back. And sure. can you describe um, just an overarching process of the anger emotion from the time you get something that triggers you into an angry feeling to the end, and then we'll dive more into what some of those specific things look like. Okay. Well, there's actually, there's one theory in terms of we're talking about the uh, fight or flight, Mm -hmm. uh, which is a trigger. Something has triggered you. And then it is a brain process where the brain may say there's danger, there is, and what happens to defend it is to raise the level that is your body tenses up your body's ready to to fight mm-hmm. and then uh it may come to a point where your brain turns off and you just you know you the growl oh, yeah. and and, and yep. so forth and then uh if the anger is expressed or if you control it there's that that moment when the volume starts to go down, but you may end up at the end uh, maybe depressed because you let this barrage out and you hurt the other person. And uh, this is a good time to learn from what happened, but uh, most people don't. They just get, you know, they beat themselves up and they say, oh, I shouldn't, you know, and, and they don't get anything from it. The other person who was the object of the angle, anger may have, that anger him or herself and uh and maybe retaliate and so the thing goes back and forth up the ladder again or they may work away or whatever but that's kind of the the process the more and more anger is not controlled until you get control of it or ventilate it then you know it comes down but the injury may have occurred so what I'm hearing you say is that there's really three kind of approaches, which is one I heard was expressing the anger, uh, suppressing the anger, and then kind of calming the anger. Is that is that accurate? Well, it it's expressing the it it's getting angry, and then maybe expressing it, or your brain, if your brain is still operating be able to make a decision to, you know, do I turn down the volume? Do mm-hmm. I uh, absorb it and don't uh, don't express it and walk away? In which case, I've stored that anger and it's going to come out later. Or I express it, I express it uh, in a good, in a positive way or in a very negative, blasting way. Right. Yes. And then after that's happened, then comes that that kind of reflection part and maybe even mm-hmm. the depression part uh, afterwards, depending on what you did. You, you said something interesting about, you know, when you express that anger, it's, it's a, are you going to blow up or are you going to be calm and, and logically reactive to it? And I think there's a very good word to put on that action and it's just being assertive. I think there's a huge distinction between being angry and then being assertive because for me, assertiveness is saying, look, you've done something that hurts me 
And I understand and I'm going to own that I'm angry in this situation, but I'm not going to lash out at you. Instead, I'm going to remove myself from the situation, give myself time to either cool down or come back where we can have a civilized discussion. But I'm going to advocate for myself. And at the same time, I'm advocating for you because if I come at you just all, you know, guns blazing and hellfire and all that kind of stuff – our relationship, regardless of who it's with, is going to be severely damaged, maybe right. to the point of right. irreparability. But you and see, when the, we thing talk- is, the thing is, we have to train ourselves. We have to train right. ourselves to catch it right in the beginning, in that trigger stage, yes. to say, what, what are my options here? It's Which that's so hard. In the middle do. of it. Once you're in the middle of it, you've lost everything. That is so incredibly difficult to do in a situation. I mean, because if you're in a therapy session, it may be a little bit easier because you're, you know, that you are going to be triggered at some point because a therapist's job is to, you know, peel back those onion layers and try to get you to focus on what you're doing. So that's a controlled environment. But when you're in life situations and you're at the office and your employee is, is being a jerk and they're just doing something stupid or your coworker or your husband, your wife, your uh, kids, your other family. Anytime somebody is doing something that goes against what you are thinking or believing should be happening, that's when anger starts to set in. And then you have to step back and process. Right. The thing that I'm scared about is, is, and I'll let you take kind of over this part. When we have anger and we decide to suppress it and not react to it, there's a difference between suppressing it and not reacting to it. But when we suppress it, can you talk a little bit about the dangers of suppressing that anger? Absolutely. There are two, there are two problems with that. Number one is the it's going to come out some way. It might come out and hurt you physiologically if you keep suppressing all that anger or it stores up in a closet, uh, and you know, and all of a sudden the closet door falls off because all this stuff right. is banging against the door, and then you blow up five times greater than mm-hmm. you would otherwise. And uh, yep. or it comes out sideways. That is, uh, mm-hmm. you mentioned the supervisory. Suppose it's your boss that makes you angry, and you don't. Uh, you don't want to lose your job, so you suppress it. Right. But then when you get right. home, you yell at the dog or kick the dog right. or, or, or get into road rage because of something that happened at the office. Then you see mm-hmm. it's going somewhere else. And that's where paying attention to your body is so important because when you yep. when you feel that anger, you know you have to do something. I used right. to... When I worked out in uh, in a gym with a personal trainer, and I'd had a you know real tough session with a client or whatever, I come to the office, and yeah. my uh, trainer could see it on my face and would quietly put another forty pounds in the weight that I was lifting. I wouldn't even know what I, you know, <laughs> I'd be getting it out by, you know, yeah, because it produces so much extra energy that anger suppresses. Yes, it does. It produces so much anger that you have to be careful of it. But the other part is some people uh, are very passive aggressive. They get back their anger Mm -hmm. in an indirect way. You know, they may talk about you behind your back. or They may uh, do something, you know, very sneaky to get that anger out because they're afraid to express it. So they're cynical. It's yeah, a cynicism. Yeah, cynical, cynical, exactly. And so consequently, it's those that sideways that gets us into trouble. It, you, I love the idea of the, the passive aggressive person versus the uh, overtly aggressive. You know, there, there's covert and there's overt. Right. I, I think of anger as, as both of those things where the, the overt angry person is just that brandish, you know, scream and yell and kick and fight like a toddler in the grocery store. But then the covert uh, anger is that passive aggressive, like, well, if you you didn't do the dishes, then I'm going to withhold, you know, love and affection later, you know, that kind of thing where it's a withholding and it's a, and that's, I think one of the more dangerous types of anger is because for me, 
the passive aggressive idea is a choice. And when you choose, when you choose to be passive aggressive and you choose to withhold something from somebody, boy, that will not only cause you a lot of stress because that person is going to, right, exactly. And, you know, is there a way to get the passive aggressive person to express what they're really feeling? Or how does one do that, especially if you are with somebody or you're in some sort of dynamic where you have a angry person and you have a passive angry person right? uh, in those situations? How do you get them to come back to community with you or that person? Well, let me me, uh, take that passive aggressive another step. And that is Mm -hmm. something that Sigmund Freud said said years ago, that depression is anger turned inward, which is not always true, but it happens a lot because sometimes a passive-aggressive person may, or someone who isn't able to express their anger, turns inward and it can lead to depression when if they were able to be more engaged, then it uh, changes the depressive symptoms. Now, how do you change that? Ain't easy. No. Because it's a stylistic kind of thing. But Mm -hmm. uh, that's where the the other person has to, as they say in Scripture, turn the other cheek and encourage people, the, the person... Uh, I have a you know, by saying, I have a sense that you're, you're angry about something, and I right. understand that. Can you tell me a little bit about how you're feeling? In other words, engage that person and show that person that there's an environment where they can express their anger yeah. without devastating the room. I'm going to add on to that really quickly. If you are the person who is getting somebody to express that anger or their feelings. Uh, and I know Bill, you'll back me up on this. Do not do anything. Don't solve the problem. Don't try to fix it. The right. best thing that you could possibly say, thank you for sharing your emotions. Thank you yeah. for sharing that. Right. And just let it be. Just let it be. Yeah, that's right. No, this is a, uh, this is uh, more than anything. Uh, when I work with couples, the uh, the wife in the situation is so frustrated with the husband who tries to, she expresses her feelings and the husband tries to fix it. And she said, I don't want right. to fix it. I want you right. just to hear me. Mm-hmm. And uh, it tends to be, gen- I mean, you know, this is a generality, but in many cases, the other thing that I think is important for us to recognize is still true, that right. the one who explodes in a uh, heterosexual coupleship, the one who explodes is generally the male. Yep. And, and the reason being that men are not allowed to cry, not are allowed right. to uh, show uh, emotions that uh, tend to be attributed to females. They, Mm -hmm. the only thing they have is violence, anger. And, you know, uh, so much of what we find with domestic violence perpetrators underneath is major depression because they have this, these feelings that they, that's the only way they can get it out. Speaking to that point, you have the, the, I'm going to say quote unquote typical male because we've, most males have been conditioned to, be uh, suppressive of emotions, except for anger. And that you can either argue that that's nature or nurture, and we're not here to discuss that really, but it's why you see a lot more uh, competitiveness in males. They're playing football. Not saying that women aren't playing sports or anything, but you have more competitive juices flowing that allow for that anger to be harnessed in a good way sometimes. Well, in a good way. Um, where they're but, playing, playing football and, and doing those and the hunt and hunting and get and providing. And that right. it's that, that burst of testosterone 
and burst of adrenaline that gives way to anger that if it's not harnessed correctly can can be shown and demonstrated in a very very unhealthy way well the the thing that you find in corporate settings if a woman expresses anger yes in the way that we used to you know they call her names uh-huh but yep. if a, a male uh, co-worker expresses the same emotion uh, they right. you know they just take it you know that's normal right and that that, that kind of of uh, uh, dichotomy that's created around expressing anger and mm-hmm. so women often have to use the uh, the passive aggressive or the uh, uh, less uh, overt ways of expressing anger because otherwise you know they're going to be uh, jumped on. Right. Yeah. Yep. So uh, that leads me to my next question. We've talked about the overt anger, the, the, the lashing out the, the, I see red anger side of it, the physical anger. But then we have also talked a little bit about the passive aggressive nature. What are some of the best ways to manage anger? What are some tips and tricks that we can use to kind of mitigate, not mitigate the anger, but give credence to the anger and display it in a healthy way? Well, I think it's a two-way street. One is the person we're talking to has to be receptive, and the other, and the person who's feeling that anger has to be able to uh, take the risk to express it. And one of the things we haven't mentioned, I just want to throw in, as a blind person, Mm-hmm. We are, uh, we have, if we suffer blindness to, due to trauma, there's a lot of anger to the right. situation that we're in, yep. which we may take out on other people. Right. At the same time, there's also a vulnerability. You know, we can't see if somebody's raising a fist to us. So we may be more reticent to be verbally angry or, or obvious. Uh, overtly anger because uh, we have to worry about safety and our, you know, our vulnerability. But in answer to your question, what do we do? Well, number one, like my friend, uh, he didn't get angry with me. He just in a very, uh, sharp, uh, tone said, I'm not, you know, identified what the problem was, but a large part is for us when in the beginning, when we're feeling our, uh, our tension, we've got to be able to say, uh, okay, what am I angry about? What's, what's going right. on here? And step back, uh, a lot of meditation, prayer, uh, just taking a deep breath from the belly, uh, take a deep breath, let it, you know, take in as much air as possible and let it out very slowly, that sends signal mm-hmm. to the brain to calm down and, and enables us to take a moment of reflection or we need to get out of the situation that we're in right now and say, look, but not just walk away, but say, look, uh, I'm having a hard time thinking because I'm, I'm feeling angry. Uh, can we postpone this for 20 minutes and let me, let me kind of, uh, uh, clear my mind so that we can have process, this, this, right. uh, process and, and, uh, we can complete this conversation in a, a way that uh, won't be injurious to either one of us. And, mm-hmm. and that's something when the person who we're with sees it will, will probably that person will see us tensing up. And if they can just say, wait a minute, uh, you know, can you, I get a sense of you being real angry. Can we talk about that for a moment? And in other words, just sure. focus on the anger. What is the anger all about? And get understanding on both parts about what the angry, then that helps to, mm-hmm. uh, to calm things. Sometimes right. we may, we may even need, we know that we're going to have a hot button issue. We may need to set some rules. And this is one of the things I teach couples, rules Mm -hmm. for discussion. And one of the things is give an escape clause, how you let the other know that you're going to having a hard time talking about this uh, so that 
as soon as the temperature goes up, they mm-hmm. can stop and, and uh, go do dishes or something like that and then come back to the situation. Physical well, and in couples, yeah. Oh, physical, yeah. In in couples, real quick, and and this is more relationally with not just couples, but it can be with anybody who you're in relationship with, coworker or whatever. Right. But it's it's also good to when you're going to go into one of those heated arguments, or you're going to go into a difficult topic of discussion, to identify what your goal is first. So that way, if you say, "Okay, honey." Um, for instance, if my wife and I are going to talk about a difficult situation with the kids, the ultimate goal is the best outcome for the kids. And the goal is the kid, not necessarily what he says or I, she says, or I say, or anything of that, but it's, it's really identifying that goal and making sure that you're still on the same team to work toward an outcome instead of saying, well, I'm right and you're wrong and that's it. Right, you right, know, and and I don't I don't want us to get into this situation where we're saying, okay, look, this is what's best for this situation, and I'm not going to listen to you. And now we're just both angry. I'm just angry, right, and yada yada right. yada. Which and is, but you see, it. one of the one of the fun concepts for a couple for and any two people who are talking about difficult issues is to. Uh, when they, when somebody, either one starts to, uh, go off on a different tangent, we say, uh, that's different from our goal. We say, mm-hmm. wait a minute, let's put that one on the parking lot. Yeah. And we'll get back to that after we finish this. But in other words, right. the concept of parking lot. And at the end of your discussion, when the thing is resolved, then you can go and say, Hey, this is in the parking lot. Do we want to talk about it now? Do we want to wait later? But to, mm-hmm. as you exactly say, the you know, here's the goal. Here's what we have to resolve. And as soon as, well, you know, last week you did such and such. No, wait a minute. That's a parking lot issue. Let's prove <laughs> that. And let's keep, keep on what's going on right now. Right. So you yeah. have to, in other words, coming back to what I said originally, we've got to use our intellect as mm-hmm. well as our emotion to tailor each together and come up with the kind of solution or or resolve what it is that we need to resolve by using Mm -hmm. both instead of one or the other. Yeah, you were getting ready to say something about physical activity. What kind of physical activity would be good for expressing anger? Is it good to go pound really heavy weights for a while? Or are there some other techniques like yoga? Well, whatever works for other for people, you know, maybe just uh, taking a walk around the block or doing mm. dishes or, uh, you know, is a lot of uh, men don't often realize that putting laundry in the in, in the washer is uh, is hard work. <laughs> so, you know, right. It and, is, yeah. And, you know, it, that kind, anything that kind of discharges the the important thing is you want to discharge the anger. In some way right. or another, but you want to do it in a way that isn't harmful to yourself or others. Right. And for so, me, I know for for me personally, you know, you brought up laundry. One of the best things that I can do to dispel anger or displace it or to process it is when I'm doing something with my hands, whether I'm yeah. actually folding laundry or I'm doing the right. dishes or I'm working with my hands in in a, in making well, knives what, or if I'm whatever. What you're Great. doing is whether you're aware of it or not, your your brain is processing what just went on while you're exactly. doing the act, uh, activity of, of folding and uh, hopefully coming up with a way to present or deal with the situation. Because the other part, which I haven't mentioned, isn't physical, but for intellectually um, mm-hmm. to say, you know, is this really important? Or, you know, right. I'm getting all bent out of shape What's going on here to kind of take the intellect to kind of take apart what the feelings are so that we can come, I can come back to it with more clarity. Right. It's and a pattern that discharges, blocker. That discharges uh, the anger because it's, oh, I'm making a uh, mountain out of a molehill, which means, mm-hmm. oh, I don't have to do that anymore. I can give that up. Or I say, you know, I see this as having no resolution. 
And I don't mm. like it, but I can accept that's where it is. And I'm going to let it go. We say, you really say to yourself, I'm going to let it go. It's interesting that it all tends to start with the question, why? Why? Why am I angry? Exactly. And it begins with us because we can't really change the other person. We can, you know, if the other person is angry, we can ask the the person some questions to get them to elaborate mm-hmm. what is, uh, you know, getting their goat. Right. But if they don't want to go there, we don't have much control. Then we have to take ourselves out of the situation. And yeah. in another, in a future program, we're going to talk about forgiveness. And forgiveness mm-hmm. is not forgetting, but it is a genuine thing that we have to do to deal with our anger towards someone else and say, yeah. okay, you know, I forgive this person or I, uh, I don't have to get caught up in this. Uh, turmoil. I don't have to right. give it that energy. And that's a, a conscious decision on our part mm-hmm. when we're in a place to, to think about it and not, you know, some people think if I don't let people, you know, get angry with people, they'll think I'm a patsy. And it's not that. It's <laughs> no. how you express no. your anger. Yes. And how you try to reach a resolution that's successful. And going at it with hammer and and, and 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 knife is not going to get you anywhere. But if you say, I'm going to step back, I'm angry. You've got to let people know I'm angry. And then be able to talk uh, about what it is you're angry, why you're angry, what is it they're doing. And But there's their time, just like what they're doing in France right now, where there's all this mm-hmm. riot in the street. That's an appropriate right. yep. A uh, place to put anger, yeah. To say social justice, to to mm-hmm. let people say you can't do that to me because that really makes me angry. And if you right. want to be a friend of mine, we have to figure out a way to resolve this. Uh, my my last thought is it, there has to be a space for both parties. If there's if if you're in an angry situation. If you are the person who is angry, you have to be able to give yourself space for that anger. You have to hold space for that anger. Otherwise, if, if you can hold the anger out in front of you, if you picture like a little balloon, you say, okay, this anger represents something that is happening in my life, whether it be a trigger, whether it be um, a past event, whether it be a event that is happening right now that makes me angry, I have to be able to hold space for that anger. Mm-hmm. Also, also, the person who you may be in relationship with, you may not even be angry at that person, but the person who is with you in this angry episode, you also have to hold even more space for that anger because when you start judging or you start critiquing or you start trying to fix right, and that that's the anger, sideway anger yeah mm-hmm. that's that the, is that is that will either do one of two things one mm-hmm. that will it will trigger that person to never come to you again with that anger right or right. it will it'll say i'm not going to do this and we're not going to we're not going to engage in this anger and it's not going to make them trust you because you're right. just trying to fix them. Right. And so I've, I've done this so many times where as a guy, I just want to go in and fix things. And it's just an instinct. It's a That's natural right. thing to see a problem. And it takes so much effort and so much work for me to back up and say, okay, I'm going to hold space for your anger. And all I'm going to, you get to say anything and everything you want. And the only thing that I can say is thank you for sharing that with me. Right, right. There is also, don't forget, if you have anger problems, that's what a mental health counselor is there for, Mm -hmm. to help you work with that. The other piece is, uh, really, if the other person can be open and uh, supportive of you and understand that the anger is not uh, not who you are, but that this is the way you operate, and then... Uh, when things calm down to mm-hmm. go back to not to what the issue was, but say, you notice, I noticed this happened. Is there something right. not to fix it, but is there something that'd be helpful to, 
to you for me to do uh, to help you relieve that and not reach the right. stormy part. In other words, to be a helper rather yep. than a provoker. And that requires when things calm down to talk about yes. the situation, not the situation that caused it, but mm. in how the thing played out. And that was what happened with my friend. We talked about it and I retrieved some memories uh, for him, and be, uh, he was a, a he was also a count, uh, therapist, and you don't have fights with therapy, you know, the therapist friend, <laughs> right? <laughs> because yeah, because you have to process right. it all. But it worked. Yep. Yep. Yeah, and it, you know, he held space for you, and he held space for that anger, and allowed you to process the way you needed to. And you know, we could talk about anger all day long, and we can talk right. about the psychology of anger, and I. You know, there's so much that we can get into because we didn't even talk about we didn't even talk about you know um, where anger gets stored in the body or the psychology mm, of right, anger right. or like any of that kind of stuff. And so I think it's important uh, to also remember, and we'll we'll dive into more of this in another show. But the you know we talked briefly about the main cause of anger. Is it you know it was it something that was triggered? But even more going back when you are in a calm state of mind and saying, you know, I wasn't really angry. I felt displaced. I felt yes. unloved. I felt uh, right. I felt worried. I felt well, anxious. Just yeah, well, getting back to those deeper layers. Yeah, but you see, I I disagree with with what you're saying. That it those are the kinds of things will generate anger in other people. And we have to recognize what's going on here. I don't feel heard. Mm -hmm. Right. And to be able yes. to say to the other person, look, I, I need to feel heard. And mm -hmm. that part of, again, you, you ask about resolving. If we're able to identify what the issue is that we have, that we're having, right. then we can get to the bottom of the anger and we can be, both parties can be watchful that, uh, uh even say, you know, Wait a minute, I just heard myself say something that uh, may have caused you to feel like I'm not hearing you. And yes. then the other person can breathe a sigh of relief in knowing that it's a safe place because safety right. is, is really the major thing, fight or flight. We right. want people that we have a disagreement with to feel safe, to hear what we're saying, and to know that they're not being judged there, mm -hmm. We're having a discussion, and sometimes we have to even train ourselves before we begin. This is how you know how I want us to operate, and right. you know we'll we'll screw up periodically, but as long <laughs> as we're making a good a uh, good effort, you know the other yep. person will appreciate and can turn down the volume. Mm -hmm. And it's and if if the calm doesn't turn help then you may have to turn up the volume a little bit and a little bit. Yep. But, you know, don't start from zero and go to 150 miles an hour. You have to do a gradual kind of thing to see what level the right. person hears it. Then right. result. Then we get it out of our system. They get it out of our system. And we move on from there. Yeah, this isn't a Ferrari. This is a Buick LeSabre. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and it's also where there may be some people that we just have to avoid too that's the other piece every time i'm with so-and-so we get into a political argument and we right. yell and scream at each other i'm not going to go there anymore or yep. we avoid the subject we we say we agree that we're not going to talk politics in this house or we're not going to talk about this, that, or the other. And families do it, and that's fine. You know, that's a decision yep. that they make. That's not for me to to uh, say it's wrong. It's, you know, we say, okay, we make certain decisions that we can't seem to resolve things that make us angry. Right. So we're not, if we're going to have our friendship, we're going to say, agree that this is not what we do. Right. I agree. Yep, it's all about that pattern inhibitor and being able to say, to have good communication. 
with yeah, everybody good, and have it, healthy, it, healthy discussion, healthy, healthy discussion. discussion. Absolutely. And being able this, to is it. not get into personality or uh, sarcasm or all the indirect ways that we can uh, really sabotage what we're doing. Mm-hmm. So, Bill, what would you like to challenge people with this week? I know you like to give out assignments. What's our assignment this week? Well, the the assignment is for us to we're going to get into discussions with people, or we're going to uh, we're going to uh, uh, listen to a radio station and get all bent out of shape. <laughs> Pay attention to our bodies when that happens. Yes, I'd like to if people. The first thing is for us to identify how we're feeling, and then we can operate with that. If we're right. angry about, for example, we're working through, uh, we have some anger about being blind, then be careful that we don't express that anger shotgun fashion to everybody who's around us and right. process, okay, what does it mean to me that I've lost my vision? And, you know, how do I accommodate myself? How do I face the realities that this is true? And who do I need to uh, help us engage in uh, that process? And mm. just, just it's what we call observing in a third, with a third eye. That is, we're observing ourselves, observing our bodies, listen to what we're saying to people, and to understand that this is a part of who we are, and is this the part that we want to uh, have? Or do we need to change something so we don't go off like that? Oh, I can't wait to do a show on the third eye and the higher level of conscious, man. That 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 would be that's going to be awesome. <laughs> be fun to do, yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But it really is it's important, I think, for us to be observant. And I don't do it all the time. You know, yeah. I'm a ther- therapist who believes in do as I say, not as I do. <laughs> That's like I the try. old adage that a nurse is the worst patient. Right, right, exactly. It's a matter of just paying, uh, of just being more conscious of what we're doing and what we're feeling. Okay, uh, you've just been listening to Blindsight, a product of the Audio Information Network of Colorado. I'm your host, Bill Lundgren, uh, signing off with my guest and producer, Jonathan Price. Till next time.